You're listening to the official podcast of Resurgence Initiatives, inspiring people to arise together. For more information, go to liveresurgence.com. Come on, how many of you are happy to be here in the house of the Lord this evening? Is there anybody happy? Come on. Hallelujah. I'm so excited to be here with all of you tonight. I want to take a moment to appreciate Travis and Jess and I want to honor the servant of God. Can we put our hands together for Travis and for Jess? I truly, truly appreciate the friendship I have with this man of God. He has been a tremendous source of encouragement in my life. Whenever I have felt a little low, near some encouragement, he has texted me and he has encouraged me and I'm so thankful for your friendship. And I also want to encourage all of you as well that as he's going through some uh, difficult situation and as he's going through grief, can we all make sure also that we will send him a text and find a way to encourage him as well. We have leaders and often we forget the leaders and we only remember them when they get on the platform or get on the stage. And it is so important for us to remember the leaders and get behind them and support them and encourage them. So as he is going through grief and pain, can we also make sure that we pray and support uh, this man of God and the leader of this movement called Resurgence. Amen. I want to also take a moment to say that I am so honored and privileged to be here with all of you. I don't take this lightly. I spent all day today and yesterday, you know, praying for God to speak a word so that you will be blessed and so I can go back home encouraged. Amen. <laughs> um, Thank you so much, um, Caris, for leading us in worship. I've been to different places and I've often gotten a sense in some places that I went to a concert and that attended a performance and heard some good songs and gone back home thinking that I've attended a good concert. But there are a few places where some anointed people lead and you can truly sense the presence of God. And I want to say that I could truly feel the presence of God as you were leading worship team. And so thank you so much, worship team. I also want to take a moment to appreciate Lauren for the text and behind-the-scenes work she does. Uh, can we put our hands together for all the leaders of resurgence? I do, see, I do see a couple of people from Gospels and the Young Adults. Thank you for being here. I didn't invite or I didn't say anything about coming, but I'm so thankful that you are here. Um, I also see from New Seasons Church and some of my friends uh, as well, close friends who have uh, been with me in the thick and thin of things. I truly appreciate all of you for being here and for the support that you have shown um, in my life and towards me. Um, let's go to the book of Genesis. Let's go to the book of Genesis, and I want to talk to you from the life of Joseph. I come tonight with a great expectation. It was Oral Roberts who said, expect miracles. And I am standing here tonight with a great amount <laughs> I'm expecting some miracles, amen. It was uh, one of the Pope, the Catholic Pope, who said, just one miracle, it's an accident, but if it is two, <laughs> it's not an accident. You know, they have to be declared a saint. End of tonight, we all 
could be declared saints of God. We serve a living God. We serve a miracle working God. We serve a God in times of trouble. He's not a God who leaves you when you're going through your difficult moments, but he's come to the Lord. They say, you know what? Before I was born again, I was wicked and boring. He's still boring. (laughs) As Christians, we are not. Let's go to the book of Genesis and we're going to read for you changing codes, shifting seasons and life of Joseph I counted about that he had to face in his life. Seven codes. Don't spend you know, time on each one of the codes. More time on the codes. Let's read from verse 1 onwards. The land of young man of 17 was tending wives or concubines really. Israel loved Joseph more than made a richly owed him more than any. Joseph Hated him, man. We were binding sheaves of grain out in the field when suddenly my sheaf rose and stood upright. While your sheaves gathered around mine and bowed down to it. Verse 8. His brother said to him, do you intend to reign over us? Will you actually rule us? And they hated him all the more because of the dream and what he had said. Then he had another dream, oh boy. You would think that Joseph would learn a lesson and stop telling these dreams. <laughs> then he had another dream and he told it to his brothers. Listen, he said, I had another dream. And this time the sun and moon and 11 stars were bowing down to me. When he told his father as well as his brothers, or when he told his father as well as his brother, brothers, his father rebuked him and said, what is this dream you had? <laughs> Will your mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow down to the ground before you? His brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept the matter in mind. Let's go to Genesis chapter 41. Sorry, I'm reading a few more scriptures than I usually do, but this will give us a picture of where I'm going. Genesis 41 and towards the end. Verse 39. Sorry, not towards the end, but verse 39. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, since God has made all this known to you, there is no one so discerning and wise as you. You shall be in charge of my palace. And all my people are to submit to your orders only with respect to the throne. Will I be greater than you? Verse 41. So Pharaoh said to Joseph, I hereby put you in charge of the whole land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh took his signet ring from his finger and put it on Joseph's finger. He dressed him in robes of fine linen. He dressed him in robes of fine linen. Can I just do it one more time? He dressed him in robes of fine linen and put a gold chain around his neck. He had him ride in a chariot as his second in command and men shouted before him, make way thus. He put him in charge of the whole land of Egypt. Every time when I read the story of Joseph, I cry. I don't know, just I, I, I just cry. This is a story that inspires me so much, encourages me so much. 
This is a man who have faced many adversities and held on to the promises of God. This is a man who came out victorious on the other side. Joseph. As we have read in chapter 37, we know that he had 11 other brothers, 11 other brothers. And we also read that his father Jacob loved Joseph all the more because Joseph was a son born in his old age. And because Jacob loved Joseph all the more than all the other brothers, Jacob decided to give him a robe that is an expensive, costly robe, a multicolored robe, an ornamented robe, an expensive robe. This robe is different than all the other robes or the robes that his brothers were wearing. This robe is special. This robe is different. This robe is, in fact, a prophetic robe of his future, about his future. A prophetic ro robe that represents his future. This robe also brought the envy of his brothers. Because his brothers are wearing half-sleeve coats, not ornamented or multicolored robes, but just plain, simple robes. And here, Joseph is walking like cats meow and the dogs bow wow. He's... He's showing off his ornamented, he's showing off his ornamented robe. And as we have read, he's got a big mouth too. I don't know why he had such a big mouth. Maybe he was trying to get the acceptance of his brothers. Maybe he was trying to get the approval of his brothers. So just trying to get their love. Have you ever been in a place where you tried so hard to get the love of people, but you only received hate in return? Have you ever been in a place where you tried everything possible, you tried to be honest, you tried to be sincere, but in, in return you received punishment for your honesty and for your sincerity? Here is Joseph who was trying to be sincere and honest and tried to, be, you know, tried to gain the approval and the acceptance of his brothers, but he in fact received the hatred of his brothers. But he never took his cloak or his garment or his robe off. He kept on wearing his robe. He kept on wearing his robe. He never took off, took off his robe. He, he, he refused to remove that robe and he wore his robe. I thought of tightening this message. I refuse to remove my robe. Can I just ask you to look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, I refuse to remove my, my robe. Doesn't matter what I have to go through. Doesn't matter what situation I have to face. Doesn't matter what my circumstance that I am in. I refuse to remove my coat. I'm going to keep wearing my coat. Come on, you know what? The, the neighbor that you talked to didn't cooperate as well. Will you look at the other neighbor and tell the other neighbor, I'm going to keep on wearing my robe. Come on, can I, can I, can I, can I? I'm going to keep on, I'm going to keep on wearing my robe. This robe is a prophetic robe. This robe is a royal robe. But he's not royal yet. He's just a boy, a child, a young teenage boy in his father's house. And he's wearing the royal robe princesses and, and, and kings would wear. You're not a king yet, but you, why, why are you wearing that, boy? I'm wearing it because I know where I'm going. I'm now wearing it based on where I am. I'm wearing it based on where I'm going. 
I was in Sydney, Australia for about five years before coming to Canada. And, uh, you know, this one time I was invited for a wedding. And I was invited to be part of this wedding. And so I was wearing my nice suit and going for this wedding. And as I was going to, for this wedding with this nice suit, you know, so happy, I, I came to this 7-Eleven and I felt thirsty, so I thought, you know what, I'm going to go into the 7-Eleven and I'm going to get some water. So I stopped there, went into 7-Eleven, I was getting some water, but when I went in there, my brown buddies are there at 7-Eleven. <laughs> and, 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 and they're all looking at me funny because they're looking at me because, my goodness, why is he wearing a suit to come to 7-Eleven? They thought I was wearing my suit to come to 7-Eleven to buy some water. No, no, no. I didn't wear my suit to come to 7-Eleven. I wore it to where I was going. I wore it for where I was going. I wore it for the wedding, for the feast that I'm going. This is just a temporary stop. Come on, there are people in your life who would stare at you and look at you funny thinking, why are you wearing your robe? And tonight, can I get some people who would join together with me and say, I refuse to remove my robe. I did not wear my robe for where I am. This is just a temporary stop. I am wearing my robe for where I am going. Come on, you have an awesome future. You have a great destiny. You are a child of God. You are anointed. You are highly favored. And that means you have a future ahead of you. And no devil in hell can thwart the plans of God. And the promises of God over your life will come true. And every promises are yes and amen. Come on, can I get some people who would join together with me and say, every promise over my life is yes and amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, that sister over there with uh, that blue, you know, I want to speak to you. Uh, is that blue, black, whatever it is. I want to I speak to you that there is a multicolored coat that is upon your life. There is a, there is a way that you can intercede or you, you, you can pray for people. There is there's a multicolored code that doesn't represent where you are today. That is a code for the future. There's a mandal for the future that is upon you. This is a temporary phase and a temporary place. And there is a future, a destiny that is hanging over your head. There is, a, there is something about you capturing. There is something where you can capture. You can capture, you can capture, you can capture. And I want you to know that you have gone through difficult situations. The Lord is saying that you have gone through some troublesome situations. But the troublesome situations that you have faced in your life was a preparation for where you are going. Come on, can I ask resurgence to pray together with me tonight over this sister? Lord, release her destiny. We declare over her protection. We pray right now in the name of Jesus. Let her wear her coat in confidence. Yes. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So the first coat Joseph had was the multicolored coat. And he wore his multicolored coat so proudly. And 
He kept on coming and telling his brothers about his dream and the dreams we read it. I won't repeat it one more time. I won't repeat it again. And so his father then in chapter 37 sends Joseph to seek the welfare of his brothers. And so he goes to seek the welfare of his brothers and they were tending sheep or tending their flock. And he eventually finds them and as he comes to the brothers, brothers are secretly plotting to kill Joseph. He's coming to seek their welfare and brothers are plotting to kill Joseph. What a tragedy. So he, he comes near, and when he comes near to his brothers, his brothers now say, here comes the dreamer. Let's see what will happen to his dream. The attack against your life and the trials and the temptations that you face in your life is against your dream, against your prophetic destiny. It's not against you. It is, the, it is against the word you carry. Come on, do you believe that? It is not against your money. It's not against your car. It's not against your health. It is against the word you are carrying. Oh, hallelujah. And, he, they, and, and, and when Joseph came to his brothers, the brothers are saying, let's see what will come of his dream. Let's kill him. Let's kill him. And let's, let's, let's just end his life. And then we will find out what will happen to his dream. And all his dreams, you know, will be just like from pizza he ate last night. They said, let's see what will happen to the dreamer. They labeled him now dreamer. What is supposed to be a good thing has become his label. What was supposed to be something that people around him, around him should cherish has become his label. And the thing about label is this, when... An individual or anybody is labeled at that moment. It gives excuse for others to come and attack you and to destroy you. Are you, are you, are you with me? The moment when you label someone, you don't have any more feelings towards that person. You don't treat them as a person anymore. You just treat them as a label. And, you don't, you, and we forget to see the person behind the label. Hello? And so... They don't even say, Joseph is coming, our brother is coming. They say, here comes a dream, dreamer. Why? They want to label him. And so by labeling him, they can attack him and they can throw him in the pit or they can execute their plan. They can kill him. I don't know what kind of labels people have put on you. Selfish. Ambitious. Sick. Depressed, crazy, no good, amount to nothing. I've been called a rebel when I was growing up by my own church. I don't know what labels you have. Rebel, rogue, Crazy, what, what, what labels do you carry? What label do you carry? What did your parents say when you were growing up? What did your teachers say when you were growing up? What did your church folks say when you were, you know, doing your thing in your church? Hello? Labels. 
Before I go any further, can I take a moment to strip every label that people have put on you? Let tonight be the night where every label that has been placed on you be stripped and removed in the name of Jesus Christ. You are not a label. You are what God has said you are. Come on, can I get some people who would join together with me and put your hands together and say, I am not a label. Oh, hallelujah. I'm a child of God. Hallelujah. I don't care what you say. I don't care what you think of me. But what I know is this. I'm a child of God. My Jesus shed his blood for me. The very last drop of his blood was shed on the cross to redeem me. If he went through that pain to shed his blood, then I know I'm valuable. If God did not spare his own beloved son for my sake, will he not give me everything that I need? Come on, is there anybody who would join together with me and say, my God... Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. And often in our childhood, when we are growing up in our younger days, whether in life, in ministry, wherever it is, God always gives you a glimpse of your future. God always gives you a prophetic future, a prophetic picture of your future. The moment when you see that picture is not the finished work of it or the the, 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 the completion of it. No, no. The moment you see that picture or when you experience a glimpse of it, that's the beginning of it. And then comes the process. Hallelujah. Everybody wants to jump from chapter 37 of Genesis to chapter 41 of Genesis to see the royal robe on him. The royal robe on us. But there is always a process from the first coat to the final coat. From that initial picture of the prophetic, you know, that prophetic robe to the fulfillment where Pharaoh will eventually put that royal robe on you. Hallelujah. Now comes a second code, third code, and the fourth code. And I'm not going to take too much time to describe all codes, but I'll tell you what they are. The second code is a slave's code because the moment his brother sold to Ishmaelites, they put on him a slave's code. And then when he was bought by Potiphar, Potiphar put on him a servant's coat. And then when Potiphar's, Potiphar's wife lied about something, something, <laughs> he was dumped into prison and then he was put on a prisoner's coat. Slave's coat, servant's coat, prisoner's coat. If the first coat, the first ornamented coat went on to his head or, you know, just made him crazy, made him proud, then the second and the third and the fourth coat will make him humble. God always finds a way to temper and mature your gift. He will give you a glimpse of your gift and your future and then he will put you in a process to temper it. Because if your gift is not couched in character, it will be dangerous when you eventually have it. Your gift, your competence have to be couched in character. In the process, you will discover the gems that God has deposited in you. It is in the process the frog, that frog discovers that it was not just meant to be a tailed small creature. There is legs coming out of it. And it was meant to be a frog. 
You see, the process, butterfly realized that it is not meant to be a caterpillar. It is meant to be a butterfly with beautiful wings on it. It is in the process God helps you to recognize and realize the hidden gifts that God has put in you. In the process, you will not be destroyed. In the process, you will not be, you know, buried. The process is to unravel and to dig up the hidden gifts that is inside of you. To unravel the diamonds, to uncover the diamonds that God has placed in you before you were born. Come on, is there anybody with me? Process is not to destroy you. Process to bring out what is already in you. And when he had the second coat and the third coat and the fourth coat, it is easy for him to think that, man, this is repeated failures, one after the other. But what seemed like a failure one after the other, one after the other, was God training him for new levels. Can I say that one more time? I like that point. <laughs> Amen. What seemed like repeated failure, what seemed like repeated failure and defeats, was God really training him up for new levels and new places. When you are going through some difficult moments and turmoils in your life, I want you to be encouraged. God is training you up for new levels and new places. It is in the process God hones your skill. It is in the process God makes you mature. It is in the process character is developed. Hallelujah. Everybody say it with me, process. Wake up that sleeping neighbor and tell him, process. What you're going through is process. More often than not, victory in success comes at the heels of repeated failures. If you are that person who has gone through repeated failures and mistakes and defeats in your life, I want you to be encouraged tonight. Victory is around the corner. Victory is around the corner. Come on, can I get some people join together with me and say a loud amen this evening? Oh, victory is around the corner. Can I ask you, can I ask you, is there anybody who will join together with me in faith? Can I ask you, where is victory? Just around the corner. Come on, can I get some people say it with me? It's just around the corner just around the corner where is victory when is victory it's just around the corner come on would you open up your mouth and say it's just around the corner it's just around the corner your healing is just around the corner your victory is just around the corner your deliverance is just around the corner your next level is just around the corner come on is there anybody who will put they put your hands together and say it's just around the corner oh hallelujah hallelujah Process, process. Why is process important? Process is important because God in the process wants to establish and reestablish the fundamentals. The fundamentals are always the same. Have you noticed when you read chapter 39, you see this one word repeated again and again. It's about four, repeated four times in chapter 39. It says, the Lord was with him. Well, if you haven't heard that or read that clearly, God says again, the Lord was with him. Well, if you didn't, if you missed it and didn't pay attention, third time, the Lord was with him. It said about four times, the Lord was with him. Whether it was pit, prison, or Potiphar's house, the Lord was with Joseph. 
in other words he was a man who stewarded god's presence he was a man who stewarded every moment every moment every moment was significant there's a word in this and i'll come to it later but i want you to hear me very carefully you and i are called to steward every moment you and i are called to steward god's presence because if you steward god's presence he will make you a custodian of a movement if you steward if you steward a moment he will make you a custodian of a movement i am here to tell you resurgence is not a moment Resurgence is not here for a few years. Resurgence is a movement. Come on, is there anybody who will join together with me and say, you know what, I'm going to do what every moment that God gives because I know there's a movement coming. There's a revival coming. There's a fire coming. The fire of the Holy Ghost is coming upon the land of Edmonton. The barren land of Edmonton will bear fruit in the name of Jesus. Oh. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. So the Lord was with him. He was stewarding God's presence even in toughest, darkest, difficult time. The fundamentals are the same. Things may change a little here and there. The foundations are always the same. In the process, God was establishing the foundations. Joseph, I want to make sure that you won't get swayed by different things. I want to make sure that you're not going to get swayed by the beauty of Potiphar's wife. I want to make sure that you're not going to say, Joseph, by the way, was a well-built man, 22-inch biceps. <laughs> and he worked. <laughs> he worked out man. He is in good shape. He was fit. You know, everybody, when you see him, you look at him. That was Joseph. That was Joseph. That was Joseph. Amen. I mean, he was a handsome, good-looking young man. I heard, I, I, I read it somewhere. I read it. Can I just share with you? Is that okay? Yeah. Okay. Don't judge me now. All right. <laughs> I, read it, I read it somewhere that, you know, one day, I mean, Potiphar's wife was trying to sleep with him several times. And one day, you know, Potiphar's wife was looking at him and caught her attention. He was just looking at that twenty-two bicep and that. <laughs> and then as she was gazing him, as she was looking at him, she forgot the fact that she was cutting some fruits and she began to chop even her fingers. That's what, <laughs> that's what, that's what I read somewhere because he was so attracted that she forgot her pain and she just started chopping her own fingers. <laughs> it's not true. It's just a story. <laughs> But the point is he was that attractive. Joseph, I want to make sure that when somebody is all over you, see, when you are in your father's house, nobody paid attention to you. Nobody cared about you. Now, when you are in Potiphar's house, you're going to get too much attention. I want to see how you would handle no attention and too much attention. Huh? Hallelujah. And so when you get too much attention, too much attention from Potiphar's wife, I want to see how you're going to stand strong. And the Bible says, the Lord's presence was with him. The Lord was with him. The fundamentals are always the same. The foundations are always the same. Have you watched, what is that movie called, Karate Kid? Karate Kid. Have you watched that movie, Karate Kid? In the Karate Kid, Danielson, correct? Danielson. Danielson comes to Miyagi wants to learn martial arts, wants to learn karate. 
And uh, Miyagi says to Daniel, Daniel, go wash my car. What else should I do? After washing the car, go wax on and wax off. How? Wax on, wax off. After a few months of waxing on and waxing off, Daniel's son got really upset and angry and frustrated and comes to Miyagi and says, I came here to learn martial arts, not how to wash car. I, mean, he, I don't think that's what he said, but anyway, <laughs> you get the point. I came to learn martial arts and here I'm washing cars day and night. Miyagi asked him, what have you been doing? What did I tell you? And Danielson says, you told me to do wax on and wax off. Son, Miyagi says, son, the foundations, the fundamentals of martial arts, of karate is waxing on. Waxing off. These two movements are the fundamentals of all other movements. Because one day when you stand in front of your bullies and your enemies, this waxing on, these foundations, these fundamentals, waxing on and waxing off, you're going to stand in front of your bullies and go, yeah. <laughs> Amen. Why? If you want to stand there, yeah, you need to get trained with your fundamentals first, waxing on and waxing off. Come on, sometimes God puts you in a place where he wants you to learn the waxing on and waxing off. He wants you to know, he wants you to learn how to steward God's presence. He wants you to be rooted in the word of God. He wants to make sure that you're going to have a level head. He wants to make sure that you can still preach but nobody claps their hand <laughs> hallelujah all right process process everybody said process and the last and the final quote is I is it okay if I take a little bit of time okay the last and the final quote is the code Pharaoh gave because he interpreted Pharaoh's dream. Watch this, watch this, watch this. Joseph was in the prison. When Joseph was in the prison, two of the officials from the palace sees a dream the same night. Cupbearer and the bread maker sees a dream and Joseph interpreted the dream, interpreted the dream. Do you see something happening here? Joseph, you know, can I, can I just paint this picture? Joseph got into, the, got into all this trouble in the first place because of his dreams. If I was Joseph and I heard somebody say the word dream, I would have ran the other way. Because what got me into trouble was dreams. And here somebody comes and says, dream. <laughs> but Joseph says, you know what? Let me interpret. God interprets the dream for you. Let me interpret it for you. Tell me the dream. Whew. See, Joseph was a man who was seeing dreams in his early days. But in the process, in the, in the prison, he's now interpreting the dreams. So in the valley, in the pit, in the prison, in Potiphar's house, in the process, a shift happened from seeing dreams to interpreting dreams. 
Do you want to know why you're going through what you're going through? Do you want to know why God has put you in that process? Because you want to shift you to the next level from seeing dreams to interpreting dreams. Can I just ask some of you to join together with me and say, I'm going to the next level. I'm going to interpret some dreams. I'm going to the next level. Come on. I see one person with faith, two people with faith. Come on, is there anybody, is there anybody else with some faith? Oh, I'm going to the next level. I'm going to the next level. Come on, just put your back into me and say, and say it with me. I'm going to the next level. I don't know. I don't know about you. There's this joy coming upon me. I feel like running on this platform, running on this stage, and I want to declare, I'm going to the next level. I don't know about you, but I want to speak over me. I'm going to the next level. Can I declare over you? You are going to the next level. Come on. In this bed, in this prison, in this temptation, in this trial, in this, tri- in this trouble, you are going to the next level. Come on, somebody join together with me and say, I'm going to the next level. Oh, is there anybody who is there, is there anybody who will be audacious and will be rampantious and will be risk who, who's willing to take some risk? And would you is, is there anybody who will get up from your chair and say, you know what, I'm going to the next level? Come on, is there anybody? Is there anybody? Oh, somebody who will join together with me, stand up. Where, where are we? I'm going to the next level. Come on, this sister moved even. Amen. I wasn't even asking for a movie. But come on, open up your mouth and say, I'm going to the next level. I'm going to the next level. Sister who did that, I want to declare over you, you are going to the next level. Every shackles be broken. Every chains be broken. Everything that is holding you down and holding you back be broken in the name of Jesus Christ. Come on. Is there anybody in resurgence who would be bold enough, prophetic enough, and, and be a prayer warrior and declare over this sister? She's going to the next level. I want to speak over every single person who is in this room. You are going to the next level. This room is a womb for the next move of God. Yeah. Hallelujah. That, so- that sounded like it rhymed. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> that wasn't prepared. This room is a womb for the next move of God. Amen. So, pit. Potiphar's house, you can, you can sit down. Prison. And he interprets the dream. And after he interprets the dream, the person he interprets the dream for forgot about him. <laughs> Dave, as I mean, Joseph said to him very clearly, you know, when you get to the palace, please, would you tell the king that, you know, here's a man who didn't do any wrong, was forcefully brought here. I'm in this prison, didn't do anything wrong. They just put me in this prison. You know, would you please tell the king to get me out of here? But the cupbearer forgot about Joseph. You know what? I actually thank God for the fact that the cupbearer forgot about Joseph. Because if the cupbearer remembered Joseph, cupbearer would have gotten all the credit. If the cupbearer remembered Joseph, Joseph would have received a one-way ticket all the way to Canaan, a one-way fully loaded camel ride all the way, all the way to Canaan. But that, that, that's not his destiny. He was wearing that robe when he was young for where he is going. That robe is still operating. That's, that robe is still hanging over his head. That robe 
Brothers took it from him from the outside. Brothers ripped it on the outside. But that robe is still so fresh on the deep inside. Can I tell you this tonight? Even if the robes or the robes, the prophetic robes that God has put on you is ripped and torn by people around you, keep wearing it because that robe is it's a promise from God. And if it's a promise from God, God will never fail his promise despite and regardless of your circumstances. People may be able to rip it on the outside, but that robe is still fresh and that robe is still powerful on the deep inside. I got my robe on the inside. I got that robe in my spirit. I conceive that robe in my spirit. I conceive that robe in my spirit despite of what happened on the outside. That robe is in here. Oh, hallelujah. Nobody can take that away from me. If you want to take that robe away from me, kill me first. But otherwise, that robe is still staying fresh deep inside. Hallelujah. Watch this. He interprets the dream and the, and, and, and the cupbearer forgets about him. Thank God for the fact that he, he forgot about him. Two years later, Pharaoh sees a dream. And when Pharaoh sees a dream, cupbearer said, I'm sorry, king. I was supposed to remember this, but there was a man, there was a Hebrew boy in the prison who interpreted the dream for us. He may be able to interpret the dream. Here's the thing. Charlatans and the wise men of Egypt did not know how to interpret that dream, but here's a Hebrew boy waiting in prison ready to interpret the dream. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. And I want to declare tonight that Edmonton City Hall, oh, Alberta Legislative Building, I want to declare tonight the Parliament House is waiting for some Josephs to rise up from resurgence who can go into the chambers and interpret some dreams and give some wisdom. Is there anybody who is audacious enough to believe with me that God is waiting for some Josephs to rise up from this place who would go into the secret places, into, 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 into places? into high places, into higher echelons of government to interpret the dream. Taisa, the next few months would be a difficult journey. It will be like climbing hill, climbing mountains. But the Lord is saying that I will put speed under your feet. I will, put, I will give you strength for your legs. And you will climb up to reach high places that people can't usually get to. There are going to be eyes and people who watch you to see how you are operating and, uh, you know, what is, about, what is it with you? And you don't have to try to fit in. You don't have to try. You don't even have to try. Keep wearing the robe. And the Lord is saying that I will, I will, I will, I will lift you up. I will take you up. I don't know what is with Tysa. I, I still remember it was, uh, when was it? Uh, last year sometimes. Uh, yeah, 2020 in July. The Lord gave me a word for you. And the word was in the, within, what, two months the job will open up. And a month and a half it will open up. And then it is in that time frame that job, op job opened up. And I want, I, want, I want to hear me carefully tonight. There will be some difficulties. But the Lord will strengthen your leg muscles, meaning your spiritual muscles. 
and you will tackle. There may be moments where you wonder, how am I going to do this? Why am I going to, how, how, how? Like, this is difficult. It's hard. But the Lord is saying that I'll give you wisdom in the right moments. I'll pour out my refreshment upon you in the right moments. You will not break. You will not, you, you will not be in a place where, you know, it's, it's, you know I, I don't know what to do. How I'm going forward, but it's going to be speed, and it's going, it's going to be in a place. It's going to be going up. That the Lord will push you up. There's a blossoming that is happening in your life. You're going to the next level. Hallelujah, Hallelujah! Come on, would you pray over Tysa Resurgence? Would you, would you pray? I mean, that's the, that's why we gather together, not just to, you know, do a meeting and go home. We're going to pray and intercede for one another. We're going to see every single person in this place go to the next level and become what God has called them to be. Do you join together with me? Would you pray over Tysa? Let there be a hedge of protection around her. She's going up. She's going up. She's going up. There's going to be, there's going to be speed and there's going to be strength. There's going to be speed and there's going to be strength. There's going to be speed and there's going to be strength. In the name of Jesus Christ. I know I should keep distance. I'll keep distance. But in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. We declare strength and speed upon those feet. Hallelujah. Where was I? <laughs> Amen. City halls are waiting. Legislative buildings are waiting. Jason Kenney is waiting. Parliament is waiting for some of the Hebrew boys, some of resurgence people, some of the young people to rise up from this place and to give counsel and wisdom, to give godly counsel and godly wisdom. Do you believe that you can do it? Do you believe? Do you believe the city is waiting? Do you believe that there's a world outside who is hungry for you, for the people of God to show up? Do you know what the Bible says in Romans? Say, the earth is groaning for the sons of God to show up, for the sons of God to rise up. And I'm here to declare together with Pastor Tri Travis that resurgence is rising up. Sons of God are rising up. Come on, is there anybody who will join together with me and say, we are rising up, we are rising up, we are rising up, we are rising up. God looks and say, there is a giant, but he's a sleeping giant. It is a sleeping giant. She's a sleeping giant. Looks at the church and says, she's a sleeping giant. But I want to declare in this 21st century, the sleeping giant called the church, the bride of Jesus Christ, she's rising up. She's waking up from a slumber. Wake up or sleeper. Rise from the dead for Christ will shine upon you. Come on, is there anybody who will say, Jesus is shining upon me. I'm waking up. Church is waking up. Resurgence is waking up. Come on, can we declare over each one of your church and say, your church is waking up. Oh, hallelujah. I see Pastor Donovan. McKern you're part of McKernan, right? McKernan. McKernan Baptist Church is rising up. Come on, is there anybody? Gospel Center is rising up. Sammy is rising up. Come on, is there anybody? Is there, is there, is there anybody? New Seasons is rising up. Central is rising up. Come on. What are the other churches? What are the other churches? Some of your churches are rising up in the name of Jesus Christ. Come on. If you believe that, put your hands together and say, we are rising up. The church is rising up the bride is rising up no more sleep no more sleep no more sleep we are rising up oh I don't know what happened to me I'm going crazy amen <laughs> hallelujah 
Holy Ghost crazy, amen. <laughs> I would rather be Holy Ghost crazy than be non-Holy Ghost sane person. So Joseph interprets the dream for the king. Two years later, comes before the king and, and interprets the dream. And Pharaoh says, who is like this man, Joseph, who could actually interpret and who's got wisdom? What charlatans and what magicians could not do, this man can do it. He's going to be in charge. Ha. Ha. In his father's house, he was one of the youngest, but his father made him in charge. He came to Potiphar's house, Hebrew, but God made him in charge. He came to prison, and the prison warden made him in charge. In other words, what seemed like failure and defeats, failures and defeats, was God training him up for new levels. Because soon, your code, that vision you saw is about to come true. And you are going to be in charge of that entire nation, of the entire nation of Egypt. I want you to practice in your house. I want you to practice in prison. I want you to practice in Potiphar's house. Why? Because you are going to be in charge of the whole land of Egypt. Come on, is there anybody? I don't know. There is this joy inside of me. There is this happiness inside of me. I'm not just speaking over me. I'm not speaking over me. I'm speaking over you. Oh my goodness. Hallelujah. God wants to put you in charge of some stuff, of some things in the land of Edmonton. Let godly people be in charge. He interprets the dream and he's made in charge. Now, finally, the prophecy came true. That royal robe he wore when he was a 17-year-old boy now has come to its fulfillment, its final, its finality, and he's now wearing his robe, but when he wears his robe, comes the test. Every virtue has its vice. And every time when God blesses you, there's also a test behind it. And the test is this, his brothers will come to Joseph, and, and God wants to see if he would for, forgive. In fact, God actually knows he would forgive. His brothers comes, and when his brothers comes, Joseph forgives his brother. Oh, brothers. No bitterness, no anger, nothing. Joseph says this one thing. You know, brothers, God sent me ahead for your sake. <laughs> God put me in this place so that I can take care of you. I can feed you. Why is that important? Why is that important? It is important because amongst the 11 brothers was Judah. Judah is going to have a son named Paris. Paris will eventually, or parents in his line will have a son named Salmon, not Salmon, Salmon. <laughs> and Salmon would eventually have a son named Boaz. Now you get the picture. Boaz would eventually have a son named Obed. Obed would have a son named Jesse. 
Jesse would have a son, will have a son named David. <laughs> and from the root of David will come Jesus. Uh -uh. Judah could not starve to death. Joseph, I'm sending you ahead so that you can feed Judah. Joseph, I'm sending you ahead so that you can feed Judah. Why? The savior of the world will be coming out of that lineage. And I want you to protect that lineage. Come on. If you... Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Hallelujah. When God gives you moments, are you going to steward the moment faithfully or are you going to take use that as an opportunity to exact revenge? Ha! That was like Indian. <laughs> I don't know. Amen. <laughs> now he comes. Now they come. You know, but no, no, no. That's no. That's no what Joseph did. Joseph took care of him. Joseph wept. Joseph, Joseph provided for him because you know why? It's not just about revenge. It's not just about you know whatever you know, just paying back and all that. It is about a bigger picture. It's about a bigger picture. It is about a bigger picture. Come on, will you say it with me? It's about the bigger picture. It's about the bigger picture is about the bigger picture if you're going to steward the moments that God gives you and sometimes those moments are to test you if you can steward those moments God will mushroom those moments to greater movement I am here to tell you something tonight that if you are faithful in stewarding the moments God will explode those moments into something mighty something mega a mega movement resurgence get ready for a mega of movement. Come on, people sitting here tonight, can I declare over you, get ready for a mega movement. This moment can explode into something mega. This moment can explode into a mega movement. Is there anybody who believes with me and say, this moment can explode. This moment can explode into a big mo move movement, big into a big movement. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Would you all stand up with me? I want to keep going, but I want to honor your time. I could preach on Joseph probably about three hours. <laughs> I just love this man. I just memorized every verse of it. Royal robe, royal robe, royal robe. Tonight, will you look at your neighbor and say, you know what? I refuse to remove my robe. This is the prophetic robe that God put on me. This is a robe that God has put on me. This is a robe that declares my future. This is a robe. If I let go of this robe, I will, be end, I will end up with nothing. If I lose this robe, I will end up with nothing. I don't want to be an Esau who will let go of his eldership or his robe. I want to be here. Oh, I want to be a custodian of this robe. I want to be a custodian of his presence. I want to, I want to get hold of God. I want to be faithful. Come on, is there anybody who will join together with me and say, you know what? I want to be a custodian. I want to be a custodian. I want to be a custodian. Pray with me, pray with me, pray with me, pray with me. Resurgence, would you pray with me? Worship team, would you come forward? If you could just play softly. But I want to, I want to, I want to, I want to take just a few moments and say this. When Joseph was there, what Joseph may not even have realized is this there was a promise and a prophetic word that was over Joseph or over the children of Israel way back in the time of Abraham. 
in the time of Joseph's great-grandpa. God said to Abraham in Genesis chapter 15, your generation will go to a land, a foreign land to Egypt, and there they will be slaves for 400 years, but they will come out of it. But they will multiply there. I'll make him prosperous and I will make him come out. In fact, while Joseph was there in Egypt and interpreting dreams and becoming a, becoming a custodian and in charge of the whole land of Egypt, there was a promise over the head of Joseph. And tonight, I want, to, I want you to know this. While we stand here and while we do resurgence, there is a promise hanging over our head. Even before we came to, I come from a, I come from a small town in a state called Kerala from India. If you didn't know, well, I think you know. And if you listen to my accent, you know. 16 years ago, 17 years ago, God brought me to Canada. And my passion, lifelong passion is revival, revival, revival. A few years back, I met a man. His name is Travis. A man, every time when you talk, he talks about revival, revival. And there are a few others in the city that I've met. They talk about revival. And as I study the history of Canada, there's been several prophetic words that have been released and set over Canada and over Edmonton that there's going to be a revival amongst the young people. Amongst the young people. In fact, a few years back, there was a prophet who doesn't even know me. Oh, he, he knows me, sorry. He knows me. But he doesn't know much of the details of Alberta. He said to me, there's going to be a revival in the town and it's north, of course. Edmonton is north of Alberta. <laughs> North and that place there's going to be a fire there's going to be the fire of the Holy Ghost coming and touching down in that land and then he goes on to say that the embers of that fire will be thrown into different of that revival fire will be thrown into different parts of Alberta of of Canada and across the globe get ready resurgence some of you are going to be firebrands that will be thrown across the globe for a mighty revival and the prophet went on to say this when I say prophet, not a label, I'm just saying somebody who prophesies, that's all. Please don't misinterpret me. <laughs> and, and this is a man who's got a great track record. And he, and he goes on to say, your land is known for oil. He doesn't know. He's from Kerala. He doesn't know. What does he know about Alberta? <laughs> he says, your land is known for oil. <laughs> and he, he went on to say, but there will be a greater oil in the land than the oil. That, that that land knows and I'm here to declare that there will be a greater oil there will be a mighty flow of the oil of the Holy Ghost there will be young men and women who will rise up from this place with that oil a revival firebrands revival bunch revival bunch revival bunch and I want you to know there is a promise over our head Paul Yongicho or David Yongicho, he said there'll be a revival in Canada. And I want to say that we are ready and ripe for a revival. Do you believe we are ready and ripe for a revival?
There are hungry hearts here, passionate people here, people who are tearing and interceding tonight. Can we be stewards of a moment? Because if you are stewards of a moment, that moment will explode into a mighty movement. Revival is coming. Fire is coming. Oil is going to flow. Oh, I want to make some declaration. Oil is going to flow. I can only make such declarations amongst people and with people who believe like me. I can only do it with people who are like-minded. And I know I'm in the right place. Would you join together with me and declare, oil is going to flow. Revival is going to flow. If you want to, I don't know if he can move or not, but if he can move with keeping the distance, go ahead. Is that okay? Yeah, yeah. It's okay. It's okay. I'm given the permission. If you want to move, if you want to do something in faith, and, and if you want to pray together with me, and say, you know what? I want to be stewards of a moment. In the process, I want to be st a, a steward. In, the pr in this process, I want to be a steward because I know a movement is coming. A movement is coming. A movement is coming. If I can manage this moment, I know if I can manage this temptation, if I can manage this trial, if I can manage this friendship, if I can manage, if I can manage, I know God will explode this moment into a movement. Come on, resurgence, get ready. A movement is coming. Thanks for listening to the official podcast of Resurgence. For more information, go to liveresurgence.com.